Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. everybody and welcome to a special edition of the reaction here on the chair shot radio network i am your host my name is harry broadhurst joining me as per usual the down since day one co-host tony acero what up motherfucker you not putting me in the 411 rumbles what's up what the fuck tony what did i do to you you know you weren't there so you're telling me I had the T-shirt and everything? I wasn't there? You weren't ready. Randy Ragsdale got a fucking spot in that rumble, and I didn't. <laughs> you know what? He popped the crowd. <laughs> you son of a bitch. All right. For those of you tuning in to listen to a recap of SmackDown and Raw from these last couple of weeks, you can forget it. It's not going to happen. Um, we're going to be entirely honest with you. We're basically making this shit up as we go, and we'll probably be doing so going forward on the show until things return to some sense of normality here as we know it, specifically with everything going on. 
Obviously, unless you've been living under a rock, you know the circumstances we've been talking about. And if you live under a rock, you probably have COVID-19. You know, I don't live under a rock. Tony, I'm not saying you do. I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying... Harry, you know what? I just I have to share this with you. I'm currently eating one of the best pastrami sandwiches I've ever had. So I know people are dying, but in this particular moment in time, I'm pretty happy. You can never go wrong with an Italian sandwich. Man, pastrami just does me right, I tell you. I'm a pepperoni guy myself, but pastrami's not bad. Okay. All right. The more you know. Um, yeah, so, um, Harry, you know, we don't have a set format for this show. Um, but in true, you know, raw reaction or reaction fashion, there's a lot to complain about. <laughs> um, in in rare form, um, with the amount of time that I've had, I was capable of watching a few episodes of AEW. Um, I went back, I think, three weeks and finished with the most recent episode. And although we've never done this on the show, I do want to talk about, at least for a little bit, the comparativeness of both of them and how they're dealing with the situation right now. Um, just to summarize, the world is pretty much on lockdown. Um, you know, group, groups of 10 or more kind of, you know, outlawed or at least frowned upon. And with good reason, <clears throat> the wrestling world has kind of been put on halt at, at a time where we're essentially weeks away from the Super Bowl of wrestling. So it's the worst timing everywhere and WWE and there's just like so many wrong things right so you're as a company you're left asking yourself how do we deal with this situation do we cancel our biggest sporting event of the year do we postpone it do we move it do we split it into two days and have it hosted by a stupid ass that was a football player I don't know you know the options are there um that was hypothetical of course uh So the first thing that I wanted to start with is without getting too much into the emotional aspect of it, because this is supposed to be another version of escape, um, you know, entertainment, if you will, for some reason, some people find you and myself somewhat entertaining. Um, So I don't want to go down the road of, you know, sadness and reality that we're not getting anywhere near the WrestleMania that we wanted. Instead, I kind of want to focus on how each company dealt with this situation and where we think they went right and wrong. And I bring this up because I'm pretty sure you could tell that I'm not very happy with the way that the WWE decided to air its shows. Um, And it made it only more glaring when I watched AEW. Because keep in mind, we have had, I believe, two Raws and two SmackDowns with empty arenas. Um, we have only had one AEW, as, as far as I'm correct, as far as I know. So prior to Wednesday, I had no idea how AEW was going to handle it or what they were going to do, if anything. Um, it wasn't until Wednesday I saw what they did, and just I mean, it was just night and day. And and I like, man, they can't even be creative when they don't have to be. <laughs> I don't know. So before we go too deep into it, I want to specifically on how you feel. Well, well, let me ask you this. Do you think that they should postpone WrestleMania to a later date? Yes. WrestleMania and the and the, the there had been talk about possibly moving it to June in Madison Square Garden. Madison Square mm-hmm. Garden would have been a much more befitting scene for WrestleMania in front of fans once this is all behind us. Hopefully it is all behind us by June. 
than yeah. seeing seeing a bunch of empty fucking chairs inside of the performance center in Orlando, Florida that nobody honestly gives a damn about at this particular point. <clears throat> yeah, and it's not that it's a half ass well well, okay, that's arguable. It it is a half ass product. But in terms of the wrestlers that are wrestling, um, they're not half assing it. They're not downplaying the severity of WrestleMania. It's still very much being built, um, as far as promos go very well. But there's obviously something missing. And as a producer of a show, you have to find a way to work around it. Um, And I just don't think that the WWE was interested in finding a way around it. I think they just gave their, I don't know, like 30%. (laughs) Um, So I I agree with you. I think that they should move it. Of course, there's a lot of logistics logistics that we don't know about. Um, The idea that them saying they're holding it at the performance center for insurance reasons kind of made sense. And I was hoping that that was the case. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I don't know any wrestling fan that would be upset if they said, we're not going to do WrestleMania. What we'll do is a showcase of this, you know, make maybe like a Saudi Arabia show, push these matches forward. And um, this is your chance as a writer, as a creative mind to work with what's been given to you. You're, you're right. You've written yourself into a corner or outside situations have caused you to have to call an audible. And what are you going to do? This is your opportunity to figure something out for each one of these matches. And and aside from that, I mean, never mind kayfabe, telling your audience straight up, you know what's going on. I know what's going on. How about we put a pause on this and move forward and then blow up the city, you know, MSG or wherever um, in the future. Of course, none of this is easy, but... I just feel like it would have been a better idea. Can I just take this opportunity real quick to point out the fact that I absolutely hate the fact that the WWE is not acknowledging the situation at hand? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, not even whole, likely. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that they've done that's kind of tongue-in-cheek is the previously mentioned I wasn't there t-shirt. And I'll admit, that's actually kind of funny. I'll give them credit. But... That being said, you have not heard one reference to what's going on in the world on WWE television. And look, I get that wrestling exists unto itself, and it's supposed to be a deviation from the normal for people in order to be able to lose themselves in the storylines, lose themselves in the characters, lose themselves in the situation. That being said, I don't think you can have a situation like we're dealing with right now and not address it to some extent because there's a whole WWE bubble Honestly, similar to myself, that doesn't really pay attention to the world, the like the news and stuff. I'm not a news person. I never have been. I, I'm not one of those people that's sitting in front of his TV at six o'clock at night when the evening news is on for his local principality. That's not me. I'm just it, it doesn't interest me. And the only reason I know as much as what's going on right now as I do is because of social media and various sports websites that I visit that have links to actual information about the article, uh, actual information articles about what's going on with the current coronavirus COVID-19 situation. I think this is an opportunity to not only give your fans an, an important intelligence lesson, but also an opportunity to be transparent with your fans as well. Be like, we understand what you're going through. We're right there with you. And we get that this is a bad situation, but we're doing our best to make the most out of it in order to provide you with something that you can still view as a distraction. Well, I mean, let's compare that conversation piece with 
Cody's opening promo uh, in AEW. Like, it's not like I yes. sat there and was wowed, but it was like, holy shit, he's he's straight up talking to us. Like, look, we know what we have to do. We're looking around. These are the resources that we have. Let's try and put on the best product that we can. And he's talking to you. It's like a trust thing. And, I mean, to AEW's credit, it's always been that way. It's always been um, very, like, indie show-like. You've been to an indie show where things kind of go haywire. Someone gets injured or someone shows up late. You know, someone's going to go in the ring and be like, Joey Ryan is not here on time. He's on his way. You know, he might run in at the main event. I don't know. It's just this transparency that allows the viewer to kind of sit back and enjoy what's presented. And then when you look at the product itself, I mean, it was a two-hour show, but it, it felt fine. And they did little things to help that. Now, there are certain rules, and, and I'm not trying to deny those rules with the, the idea of, you know, keeping people six feet apart, not having more than 10 in one room. And some people kind of got on AW's ass about um, doing the blood and guts match and about having those people ringside and just, like, kind of ignoring the, the warnings. But in looking at the show, they, they kind of did what, they, what was asked of them, um, at least to – you know, to the best of their knowledge, I don't see I don't see them actively going against the grain or trying to break any rules. Um, they were trying to put on a product that was worth watching. And when you look at, I mean, Raw tonight and the last couple of weeks of the WWE product, it just wasn't worth watching. I mean, even tonight we had jobbers out there that just didn't progress anything. There was no stories advanced. The ones that were, arguably, they were already there. You know, Orton and Edge, we already knew. I'm not saying that the promos were bad. Seth Rollins had an amazing promo. Randy Orton had a really good promo. Um, but we didn't gain any new information. <clears throat> the best thing that's come out of the Performance Center thus far in the two and a half weeks that they've been there was the first NXT there where they actually had a fan base. Unfortunately, that was before everything went to hell in a handbasket. But that NXT episode at the Performance Center, they had an audience there, and they actually utilized all of the tools that they had in their disposal with the Performance Center. You had the all-around-the-arena brawl with Gargano and Ciampa. You had the fans being interactively involved watching the matches in order to give us some semblance of crowd noise here. I think the little thing that AEW did with having the wrestlers at ringside, even if they were behind the barricade and separated to an extent, added a little touch of having that noise for the wrestlers in the ring to play off of that gave you the opportunity to feel like this was some sense of normal because it would basically be like sitting at an independent wrestling show and having somebody on the other side of the barrier heckling somebody inside of the ring. Yeah, I mean, you and, and you've seen wrestling shows where wrestlers are in the crowd. I was at a PWG show. Victoria was sitting right next to me just enjoying the show. So... <clears throat> Again, it felt real. It that. felt down to earth. Yeah, we just we're we're not getting that same aspect from the WWE show. They the WWE shows they feel kind of pasteurized, processed. Yeah, and then you look at, I mean, even the location of the ring. I mean, AEW comes on, you know, like damn that that like they focus on the ring. SmackDown, with the exception of tonight, like purposefully showed the crowd empty. And then you got Stone Cold Steve Austin asking for a hell yeah and going to the chairs. That's funny. That's calling to the situation. And would you follow that up with? 
I don't know what people, some people were saying that that was funny or that the segment wasn't bad or Stone Cold's great, but I, that was ass in my opinion. It was not entertaining at all. It was weird. It was awkward. It wasn't funny. Um, very, very annoying. Just the, the entire show. I mean, I'll, I'll let you speak on that because I'm sure it's a big topic, but even, even before that, Asuka on commentary, a lot of people are fetishizing her because she's Asian and she's screaming in Japanese, and apparently that turns people on, but it comes off as completely annoying and slightly racist because we've talked about it before. There's no reason for her to do this. <laughs> Literally, the reports say they put her on there so that there was noise. Like, imagine being told, I just need you to go out there and make a bunch of noise for me, please. Well, and then you'll notice the difference when the team when a team like the Street Profits was on commentary tonight, and they actually did add something to that Andrade and Garza versus Cedric and Ricochet match tonight. Well, and because, them being out there made sense. Right, not to mention the natural charisma of the Street Profits shine through as well. Oscar speaks very broken English, but she does speak English, and they shouldn't have gone the stereotypical route with her that they did. Um, you know what my favorite part of actually, you know what my favorite part of AEW was? What? It had absolutely nothing to do with the in-ring content. You made MJF and Sean Spears way bigger deals than they were going into that episode of Dynamite last week. Because both of them had an opportunity to show kind of a funnier charismatic side than they've had a chance to show in AEW thus far, and you connect more with their characters because of it. Yeah, well, it goes back to the very beginning going of the back show to where the, I said, yeah, go ahead. Just going to say, going compare that to the Stone Cold segment that you talked about from last week. And this is a very, very sore subject for me because, as you know, we didn't have a show last week on the reaction because I was supposed to be in Pittsburgh to see Steve Austin live for the first time. Yep. So... That didn't end up happening because Raw, much like SmackDown, was moved to the Performance Center on Saturday. I think the announcement came down officially. And you're like, okay, well, at least Steve Austin's still going to be on the show, and we'll get an opportunity to see Steve Austin. Steve Austin then proceeds to cut one of the most scripted, choreographed bullshit promos of his entire fucking career, where he's literally reading dumbass fucking lines off of a bunch of cue cards before he kicks Byron Saxton in the balls and stuns him. That's the best you have for Steve Austin? I mean, it was literally, how about another one? Let's read another one. Like, he was literally reading cue cards. And clearly nothing like that would have happened if Austin had been on Raw Live in front of an audience to bounce off of. You know what's funny? I don't want to write the script, but if all people, what, the one person who I expected to look at the camera and be like, I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm going to hear, I'm going to talk to you, was Stone Cold. And I was, I'm not lying. I'm like, fuck, finally, let's just get a Stone Cold moment. Let him talk to us. Tell us it's going to be all right. And then just move forward. And we didn't get that, like, at all. Like, I, 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 I don't know why. Because Stone Cold has done it before. He himself has come out and been like, nah, I'm going off the cuff here because that's what you guys need right now. And although I don't want, I don't ever want wrestling to meet my sole expectations, I kind of was expecting that. 
Well, look back at um, the one moment from the Steve Austin promo that you did like from last Monday, Tony, where Austin asked for the crowd to give him a hell yeah, and they pan out to the empty seats inside of the performance center. That was genuinely funny. Right. And then the rest of it is a bunch of homogenized bullshit. Oh, yeah. And then he's raiding. See, what what bugged me, Harry, is that somebody wrote that. That hurts my feelings. As a, Someone <laughs> wrote this out. Someone gave Byron Saxton numbers and said, this is what we're going to do tonight. This goes back to what I was saying in the very beginning of our podcast tonight. You were hit with a situation you've never been hit with before. Never in the entirety of the wrestling universe and in the world, save for a couple of plagues, you know, a couple hundred years ago, have we had to completely alter our entire oh, life, both oh, entertainment-wise. Not a great deal, if I'm honest. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, what kind of bondage was that? Was that right? What? <laughs> I'm here. Advertisement popped up on my tablet. Sorry about that. Oh, nice. Okay, that's all right. So anyways, what I was saying is we've never experienced something like this. From a creative standpoint, movies have been completely halted. Productions have been stopped. From a wrestling standpoint, there's literally, there's, you have no idea what you're doing. Or, and, and that's okay. Like, no one's going to be mad about that. What people can be upset, in my opinion, is how you handle that situation. AEW looked at it and said, how are we going to do this? What could we possibly do? And they they just worked it. It just it worked. They had returns set in motion. They had storylines that they wanted to advance, which they did. They had solid wrestling, and they didn't make it this basically two-hour commercial. It still was the product within the confines of the restrictions that were given to them. Then you go over to the WWE side, and you're getting replays of previous matches. You're getting promos, which, of course, promos are great. You're getting, like, there's, there's just, there's, there's definitely something missing, and it's unfortunate because this is going to hurt WrestleMania big time, way more than it would have been had it either a been postponed or b just kind of guided towards differently. If you want to stick with the whole pirate ship metaphor, like you're in like uncharted waters. You're basically in the Bermuda Triangle. How the hell are you going to get out? The WWE just sat there. Like, they're just there. I mean, truly, the only thing that I've gained out of the last two weeks is Sasha Banks' outfit last week, because holy shit. (laughs) Tony, they gave us scurvy. (laughs) There you go. There's your pirate theme reference for the night. All right, anyway. Um... Yeah, that that half costume that Sasha was wearing on SmackDown actually wasn't bad. Yeah. You know, I'm no proponent of Sasha, but that wasn't bad. And Bailey was looking sick as fuck in her in her outfit too. Yeah, ba- Bailey, honey, wow. Um, so let's uh, switch gears slightly in terms <laughs> of um, uh, not necessarily. So we're going to talk about Bailey. Wait, we're going to talk about yeah. Bailey's top half instead of her bottom? Okay, cool. No, <laughs> yeah, continue. we're pushing gears. Um, <laughs> so one, th- one thing that I noticed about um, AEW was uh, obviously the two very interesting returns slash surprises. Um, there's always going to be dissenters. There's always going to be comments that say, 
you know, they're retreating WCW or TNA or whatever. I was curious to see what you had to say about that and if you were willing to defend it or you were willing to agree. When you look at someone like Matt Hardy, who is, you know, up there in the years, who the last match we saw was relatively sluggish, um, is this a good get? Is this a good sign? And then you look at someone like Brody Lee, who I believe everyone has been waiting for an opportunity for him, yet also not exactly a spring chicken, not exactly a young guy of the group. These two men, are they taking up space? Are they, is this basically TNA all over again um, or even WCW? Is this a sign of WWE rejects or is this just a better usage of someone elsewhere? Kind of wanted to see where you landed on that. Matt Hardy has a good use in in AEW, but it shouldn't be on screen at this point in his career. Matt Hardy would be an excellent guy to have backstage as a road agent. Matt Hardy would be an excellent guy to help put together some of the more, how do I put this politely, ridiculous elements of AEW, i.e. the fact of the goddamn alien. And I love me some Chris Statlander, don't get me wrong. But if you're going to do that gimmick, you have to actually do that gimmick. You can't half-ass it. Brody Lee, I think, is somebody who actually could turn some numbers for AEW, though. And here's why. One, Brody is bitter. Noticeably bitter. Which means Brody is motivated. And as a longtime Shakara fan, a motivated Brody Lee is a very entertaining Brody Lee. Two, his size alone makes him stand out on that roster. There aren't a whole lot of guys in AEW who are six foot six and 270, 280 pounds. Not only that, Brody can fly like one of those cruiserweights that seems to peripherate the roster. You have them all over the card, up and down, top to bottom. Brody's a big dude, but he can fly just like the smaller guys can, but then he can stand there and punch a square in the mouth and look legit as fuck doing it. Number three, we have not seen the best of Brody on national television, whereas I don't think the woken, broken, whatever Matt Hardy gimmick you want to call it is, is going to get anywhere near what he did in TNA with it. I think it's a gimmick that's run its course. It was entertaining while it lasts. But having already done it in TNA, Ring of Honor, and to an extent in the WWE, I think it's on its last legs. Whereas I think that having Brody Lee in charge of the um, Dark Order is going to, once again, like I mentioned, light a fire up under Brody's ass and motivate him to put in the performances to stick it to the old man who didn't believe in him. Yeah, so <laughs> add that, in my opinion, although Matt, see, Matt, Matt has always been one to re-establish um, himself and just basically recreate himself. I mean, he's had so many different versions of himself, and all of them seem to work on different levels. So I think even even though, yeah, he may be you know useful in a backstage arena, I think he just wants one more chance to prove that he can do it. You know, when you're in a place like WWE and they're not giving you that opportunity, you're kind of like, bro, like, I know what I'm doing. Why can't you guys help me? Or from what we read, and of course, this is, you take everything with a grain of salt, but Vince McMahon literally saying, I just don't get it. Like, I just, I just don't get it. Like, that's kind of rude. Like, <laughs> like, 
the worst things we didn't get. The worst part of that is I could 100% see Vince saying that at a creative meeting when it comes yeah. to the Woke and Matt Hardy stuff. And, I mean, we didn't get a life-size turkey being born out of an egg. Like, I didn't understand that either, and I was young as hell. But we got it. <laughs> um, so, although Matt is, you know, uh, relatively sluggish by comparison – I do think that he has something to give, and I don't compare this to TNA or WCW, first of all, because I, I just don't do that. I, I, I didn't do it when TNA was, you know, doing its thing. But this isn't Brody Lee. There's a very specific difference here. This isn't Brody Lee and Matt Hardy getting fired and looking for work. This is them saying, you know what, I'm good. I don't want to work here anymore. You know, and that that's a very specific difference between others, you know, where TNA was signed, basic, signing basically everyone that just got laid off or cut early or, you know, anyone that had any type of name. Yeah. Um, Real quick to your point there, um, Brody Lee still had, or Luke Harper when, when he was in the WWE, <clears throat> still had like two years left on his contract when he said, no, you know what, fuck this, I'm out, I'm good. And yeah. they were actively trying to keep Matt Hardy and move him to NXT when he decided to sign with AEW. Yep. <clears throat> so I think this is a this is a this is a very different mindset of I don't there's you're not the only game here anymore. You're not the only person in the game. Like there's options for me, and I don't want to be here. I want to be somewhere else. So that's what I'm gonna do. And that's what they did. And even if Matt isn't the focal point of a show or two, um, he's going to make the best of it, and he's going to be given the chance to do that. Whereas WWE, you're, just, you're not. It's what they tell you to do. You're an actor. You're not a creator. You're a performer. You're not a writer. <clears throat> In AEW, those lines are blurred a lot. So you have a, a lot more chances to kind of be a master of your own you know, destiny. Within reason, because they're still going to be there and say, well, you know, I like your idea, but dot, 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 you know? I'm reminded of one of the bands that I play on the show here is called Pinwheel. They have a song that I've used multiple times as exit music on the show here called Incomplete. Another song from that same album is called Welcome to the Machine. And the chorus is simply, welcome, my son, welcome to the machine. And that's kind of how it is when you go up into Stanford, kind of you just become a cog in the system up there. Every now and then something up there will catch fire and they will run with it, i.e. Punk, i.e. Becky, i.e. Um, I mean, there are a few, uh, Drew currently, at least until the current climate hit or something catches fire and captures the attention of the audience and they actually let it run. But more often than not, you're doing what you're told when you're told to do it up there. You're not able to create your own content up there because God forbid you get over on your own, ask Zach Ryder how that turns out. You want in your career. I mean, you've got people like Zach Ryder, um, like you mentioned, or um, Tyler, um, like you got people like Heath Slater, you got people like, you know, these, these lower-level wrestlers who have not a single complaint. They've got nothing bad to say about WWE. In fact, they hype it up big time, and they say, I own three houses. I'm the happiest I've ever been. I am allowed to spend time with my lawyer. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. They, they know exactly why they're there. 
They're there to make money. They, you know, they're in love with the product. I'll never take that away from them or try and say that they are, they're not. But they're also under the realization that they don't have to put their body on the line. They're not trying to change the wrestling world. They're not trying to have five-star matches. They're there because they got to the dance and now they can show. Whereas AEW, almost everyone there has a hunger that's just different, you know? I, I would venture to say that there's a competition within the locker room itself. Like they're not even looking at WWE as much as they're looking at each other and saying, how could we top last week? How could we put on something better than this? This storyline's almost done. What could we do to prolong it? Or what could we do to make it better? Or is there another one that's possible to tell? It's just a different in, in um, point of view and what you're trying to get out of the product, not necessarily what you're trying to put on. <clears throat> I don't want to sit here and shit completely all over the WWE, even though it feels like we've been doing that for most of the show. Because the fact of the matter is, is it is a bad situation. And the fact that they are even trying to put out new content is at the very least admirable. We can sit here and backseat, quarter, backseat driver, uh, armchair quarterback it however we want to. But I do acknowledge and appreciate the attempt at providing something resembling a distraction in the current climate. Larry talks about that in his most recent Raw review, because Larry's been a little bit more generous on these shows than he has been on some of the other shows because of the situation at hand. That being said, I do think that there is a stifled creativity to it all as well that's hurting the current product on television as well as you don't think that some of the WWE talents may have had some of the same ideas that the AEW guys had, and the AEW guys just had more creative freedom to get away with it? Because I 100% believe that could be the case. I 100% believe that somebody probably told Vince, Vince, doing this show in an empty arena is a dumb fucking idea. But because Vince is so set in his ways, Vince is going to do what Vince wants to do. Yeah, and there's not there, – it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, if you're going to do something, then then do it. Do it all the way. If you're going to do an empty arena show, sit down with your writing team or with your creative team and say, how could we make this as good as possible? Because um, I, I, when you put on a entire Royal Rumble match, I'm not going to watch it. When you put on a WrestleMania match from a couple years ago, I, I'm not I'm not going to watch it. Um, not that I don't want to, not that the Royal Rumble match uh, with Brock, Seth, and Cena wasn't amazing, because it was at the time. It just kind of takes you out of the show. Like, that's not really what I'm here for. I'm, I'm kind of here to um, move forward, <laughs> and you're not doing that. So I'm just going to kind of tune out. I will openly admit that last week's Royal Rumble and then tonight's WrestleMania, uh, Royal Rumble Triple Threat and WrestleMania match between Charlotte and Oscar. I was typing on my computer. I was playing games on my tablet. I had the show on in the background. I was still listening to it, but I wasn't actively watching. <clears throat> yeah, damn shame. Through no, t through no fault of the talent itself, it's just the situation that they find themselves in and the lack of attempt at resource utilization that they're using. Yeah, I, I mean, well, you know, one could, one could say that they don't want their wrestlers to get 
sick and you don't want an entire staff and you don't want a bunch of people. You're going to, you're doing the least amount possible and that that's fine. I just, I mean, you look at AEW and I just feel like there's ways around it and I don't really think that they tried hard to figure it out, but of course that's opinion. Um, so, I mean, if uh, we're looking at WrestleMania as a two-day show being hosted by Gronk, um, what is something that you want to see from it? Assuming that we're doing the empty arenas and nothing's going to change between now and then, um, what do you see as – like, we don't know what the card is. We don't know who's going to be on what day. So I can't say what, what day are you most excited about, Saturday or Sunday. Do you think splitting it is a good idea? Is If, you, if it is a good idea, how do you see it? panning out I don't think it should be happening period personally we started off the show with this conversation so that being said with with regards to making the best of a bad situation I honestly don't know what to expect here because there have been a couple of matches there have been a couple of matches in the empty arena setting that have actually been really entertaining but it's just you're so out of the moment watching these matches because there's nothing for them to react to. There's no crowd noise. There's no buildup. There's no anticipation. There's no – honestly, it's almost kind of lackadaisical from the performers as well just because they're so used to having people and things to play off of that they don't have that now. So I don't know what I'm looking forward to from WrestleMania. I mean, I think the big thing for WrestleMania 36 is – when it goes down in the history books, the biggest thing for WrestleMania 36 is going to be the sheer spectacle of it all. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something. And that's yeah, I don't have any particular because, expectations either. And that's unfortunate because there are several matches on this card that if it had actually happened in front of an actual audience in the setting that it was supposed to happen in Tampa Bay at Raymond James Stadium, we could have been talking about WrestleMania 36 as one of the best WrestleManias of all time. Because, yeah, there's a couple of matches that maybe don't strike you immediately as, oh, I want to see this one, or oh, I bet this one's going to be really awesome, or, you know, there's nothing, how do I put this, I have to figure out the best way to phrase this, there's enough on this card to jump out as you as interesting, and not too much on this card that jumps out as you as it's just wasting time filling a spot. Yeah, it's definitely just getting to WrestleMania, which is a shame because I, I think that they, they really could have done something. Um, well, I mean, at least for, for our sake, uh, we're going to, you know, next week's show is not going to be like this. <laughs> we'll try to find some actual value out of the week of wrestling. But since uh, I have added AEW to the list, we could also kind of compare that, uh, bring that up and kind of talk about that as well. Um, I don't even, I mean, How is your- it's, it's hard to, Say what day it is, you know. Wrestling is the only thing that's telling me it's Monday. Completely out of anything wrestling the bubble here. Not even going to worry about the wrestling bubble here. I want to ask about Tony. How is Tony handling this? Because I know that this financial situation for your bar is probably not the best setting, especially given the fact that most bars in a lot of states are shut down. You guys have a restaurant as well where, where you're at, so that might keep you open in order to do delivery and carryout orders. But, like, how is Tony handling this? Is Tony okay financially? Is Tony okay mentally with everything going on? 
Well, you know, I've been giving a lot of hand jobs for money, and uh, that's doing really well for mine. <laughs> um, no, I as a as a leader, I I kind of have to um, you know not look at the waters as much as I'm looking at the the boat. And um, I've had to lay off a, a majority of my staff, at least temporarily, so that they can get unemployment. Um, the restaurant itself is still open. We're doing a lot of to-goes and delivery, which is all we're allowed to do. Um, we have a goal every day, and uh, most days we've been hitting it. The days that we don't, we kind of supplement that with um, trying harder the next day. So in terms of, like, me personally, I- I'm a roll-with-the-punches type of guy. I mean, literally the only thing that would, you know, affect me immensely as if, you know, Sophia got hurt. Other than that, I'm I'm a fucking ball of positivity. Um, but I got a lot of kids on my staff that, I mean, I text them almost every day, let them know what's going on, updates, give them tips, let them know that other places are hiring and they can go on, you know, they can get a job temporarily. Um, unemployment is weird right now. You don't know when it's going to happen, if it's going to happen. Um, there, there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of uh, fear and not fear and like you know I think more people are afraid of lack of money than they are of possibly dying and that says a lot about the you know the country's state um, but without getting too political just for myself and for my own my own well-being I, I'm doing good I I'm focused you know and I'm rolling with the punches and just uh, hoping that this is a short-lived situation that we can look back on and you know note that we survived something else I worry about the state of the American population, though, because apparently this coronavirus – have you seen the meme making the rounds on Facebook? Apparently the coronavirus is actually the cornholio virus because all of a sudden everyone needs TP for their bungholes. Oh. oh, Harry, remember what I told you. Leave the jokes to me. That, that was an actual <laughs> meme on Facebook. It made me laugh. I was a big, I was a Beavis and Butthead fan when I was a kid. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Fuck you too, Tony. <laughs> <clears throat> no, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, okay, when you, if you take like just thirty minutes and go on Twitter, you could see that a lot of the world in this particular age group of twenty to thirty-five. It's just doing what they can to get through this with humor, and it's beautiful. I love it. Twitter is a goldmine of just awesome shit. But when you get down to it on a personal level, realistically, I mean, if there's anybody listening that's searching for advice, it's as simple as this. Just stay home. <laughs> like, like, you know, play on Xbox, get your kill-death ratio up, read a book, write something. I'm not asking anyone to change the world. Um realistically you're you're look at it in a particular way of where you're you're given an opportunity most people to literally not do anything like people have asked for this break for a very long time and it sucks that people are dying in order for certain um, people to get this break but in terms of my life as a bartender I haven't bartended in probably about a week and a half and I've got a lot of time on my hands now. What do I do with that time? I've been wanting a break. I've been wanting a pause. Granted, I wanted that pause in Vegas. Um, but, you know, the the reality is that this is what I have. And if I wake up and I do nothing the entire day for once, that might not be such a bad idea. 
so yes, everyone, just kind of stay home, chill, chill a little bit. It's not worth, you know, losing much, much more time simply because you want to go hang out with a bunch of friends and, you know, play Monopoly. More to the point here, and I think this needs to be stated even though it should be obvious, take care of each other. I have a 70-year-old stepdad who I have to who I help out on a usually bi-weekly basis. I help him out at the start of the month when it comes to like getting his phone card all situated so that way he has the ability to make sure he can get a hold of me if he needs anything. I help him out with his grocery shopping so that way I make sure he has enough food and stuff to get him through the month. Other than that, he's more or less self-sufficient and there're just little things every now and then though. When people of that age range are unable to get necessities because it's turning into an episode of hoarders inside of grocery stores, we have to rethink our our beliefs as human beings. We have to stop being so me, me, me first and start focusing on us as in all of us as a human race. DBAD, Tony. My long-standing life philosophy. Yeah, man. Don't be a douchebag. <clears throat> well, dick in my instance, but yes, more or less. <laughs> same difference. Yeah. Same different words, same meaning, you know? Yeah. Well, this is what we're going to do for anyone that's listening. Uh, this week was kind of a, you know, just not a, not even a welcome back as much as a kind of it would be it would be wrong of us to pretend like nothing's going on. But next week we're hoping Absolutely. to kind of bring more more value to the wrestling side of things. Um, maybe even have a little bit of format of some sort, or just free ball it, whatever. Yep. But the point is, we're well, kind of in the same boat as the WWE, where we're trying to bring some sort of value to the you know to your life as well. So, actually, Tony, we do have a format for next week already, if you recall. Oh shit! Are we already there? God. Yeah, we're next we're running down the, the WrestleMania card. Next week is the go home for WrestleMania episode of Raw, where we more or less just ignore Raw like we did tonight and talk solely about WrestleMania. Yeah, sweet. All right, we're, we're not here to we're not here to insult your intelligence. We know that the world is crazy right now. We know that. Things are not normal. Things have not been normal for a long time, and it's going to be a while before things are normal, air quotes on an audio podcast, again. But know that if we look out for each other, if we work together, we will get through this. Although somewhere, Michael Stipe is thinking that it's the end of the world, and he's just fine. It's the end of the world as we know it. Anywho, um, it feels wrong to slap a rating on any of the shows over the last two weeks, Tony, so I'm not going to ask you to do it. Let me ask you this instead. Let's, let's focus in generality here. Your high point for wrestling in general over the course of the last two weeks. Sasha Banks on Friday. <laughs> Uh, same Tony, that's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Am I going right. to get an actual answer here, or are you going to stick with that? Yeah, 
I was very impressed by AEW's ability to work to, to create a show that at the very least worked with the current climate that we're in. It was impressive from Cody's promo to start the show to their ability to still surprise the fans with, you know, returns and or surprise people debuts. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with GCW actually. And I know this is kind of off the cuff here, but GCW did a Trent Acid Memorial Show. I don't know how long of an independent wrestling fan you've been. I don't know if the name Trent Acid carries any weight for you. But there are a lot of guys who are up in the big leagues now that the name Trent Acid means a lot to. And as a longtime independent wrestling fan, the name Trent Acid means a lot to me. Uh, GCW did a series of shows on independentwrestling.tv as a tribute to Trent Acid. And all of the money that was brought in from those shows, from the cost of the streaming to the donations that were made during the course of those shows, was given to the wrestlers in order to help them through their times that they're dealing with. And I know a lot of other independent promotions are doing that right now as well, and it's greatly appreciated. Yep. Isolationist guy to the WWE Network, Tony. If you had to pick one show on the WWE Network, one pay-per-view from the past, one network original, one whatever it is that you think everybody should go out of their way to watch during this quarantine, what would you say that would be? You will know the specifics of this date and or name, but you need to watch the takeover where Bailey and Sasha Banks went at it for like an hour. It was amazing and it will win any naysayer of either one of those two girls was that the first takeover brooklyn one i, I think said? it was i i i know it was, i'm almost positive it was a brooklyn i want to say it was the first takeover brooklyn because sasha went up to the main roster right after and that would have been 2016 or maybe 15. Man, either was... way it was I have two for yeah. everybody, Tony. One show, one special. The show that I'm going to recommend everybody go out of their way to watch, In Your House Canadian Stampede, 1997. An absolute master class in psychology. And the crowd is the loudest you will ever hear a WWE crowd from the opening contest all the way up to the 10-man tag team match that remains to this day, in my opinion, one of the 10 best matches in WWE history. In terms of network exclusives to watch, Tony, do you ever get around to watching Breaking Ground on the network? No. It is the NXT series where they focus on people in NXT about people that are arriving in NXT, people that are being released from NXT, people that are being signed to NXT. It is 10 episodes long. Each episode checks in at about 45 to 50 minutes. And it is the best five ish hours you will spend during this quarantine to watch all 10 episodes. One of the best documentaries the WWE has ever done with their breaking ground series. Nice. Because the cool and the cool thing about it, from a historical fan such as myself, is is all like fresh content. So there's like no bullshit factor, you know. Like we we were mm-hmm. watching the Ruthless Aggression podcast. We talked about that 
several times here on the show. But even you and I notice the sheer amount of bullshit that slipped in through the cracks on the Ruthless Aggression series. <laughs> yeah. Same way with same way with the Monday Night War series. Winners tell the tale as the stories go. This is the WWE taking an inside look at its own NXT developmental system and letting you get to know some of the people and places that made NXT what it was even before it became the big phenomenon that it is now. Highly Don't I know that? Recommended. Take care out there, Tony. I know things are kind of weird in California. Be safe, brother. Weirder than usual, but yeah. All right, my man. And to our Californian and Florida listeners who are still doing this, stay the fuck off the beaches. What the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Jesus Christ. We hope to return to some semblance of normality next week on the show. We make no promises, but we hope to try. He's the Down Since Day One co-host, Tony Acero. I'm your host, My name is Harry Broadhurst. This has been The Reaction here on the Chairshot Radio Network for March 23rd, 2020. Take care of yourselves, everybody. We hope to talk to you again next Monday night. Deuces, bitches. Quit coughing, Tony. We like to joke around. We like to have fun with you guys, each other, making fun of each other. Yeah. Things get hectic here on the show, but know that we have each other's best interests in heart, and we have your guys' best interests as well. Do everything you need to do to stay safe during these trying times. Help out those around you who need the help. Just remember, everybody, together we'll get through this, one step at a time, one nation, indivisible. We can survive. We've gotten through far worse in this country. Now it's our time to shine. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next Monday night with the WrestleMania preview here on The Reaction on the ChairShot Radio Network. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.